Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone today. Joining me is Brooke. She's head coach of the Bots of Prey 240, which is the first Lego League Challenge team. And with her is three of her students, Rivers, Phoenix, and Grayson. And they've been up to some pretty cool things with Legos. Hey, Brooke. It is so good to have you guys here and to have you sharing your story. Let's talk about your Lego League first, Brooke, because to me, this is a good thing in and of itself. How did the Bots of Prey 240 even come about? Well, um, we, my son, River, and I, and uh, my family went to see a competition in Little Rock back in 2000, early 2020. Um, and there was, they were from all over the world. There was teams from Mexico there, um, just about anywhere you could think of. And they were all there competing. And we just happened to see that they were having this robotics competition because River has been interested in robotics since he was uh, four. And so we went to watch it and he fell in love. And so we told him we would get him on a team. And then uh, COVID happened and all the teams kind of shut down or the teams in our area shut down. And when we decided it was time to get him on a team, finally, we could not find one in the area. So we started one ourselves. Well, there you go. And that's how you do it. And that's how you start, you know, sort of a movement and opening the doors for others to have the opportunity to have one in their community. So what what do you do? How does the Lego challenge team work? Do you create things and then go and compete with it? Or are you given sort of instructions on what to build and then, you know, get judged on that? How does that part of it work, Brooke? So basically, um, every year there's a new season that comes out, and August will be the beginning of our new, next season. This past season was um, energy was the theme. We are given uh, missions to create certain missions that follow what they call the robot game, and so the kids build those missions. And I believe we had 14 of them this past season. I uh, don't quote me on that. Um, and the kids built them. We have this big game table and they have Lego 
it's Spike Prime is the kit. It's an education robotics kit. And they build their base robot and then they code it to complete all these missions. So like an example of the missions this past season is we had a windmill that they had to code the bot to push to release what they called energy modules. Um, and so every mission that they completed, they gained points for. And we had a two and a half minute autonomous run that they had, they competed in in a qualifier this past January. Sounds pretty cool. I could see why Rivers and the rest of the students would be interested in having something like that to do. Now, one of your missions, I don't think was part of the, I guess, formal uh, packet there or to be part of the Lego challenge. It was kind of personal and it was kind of local. And that was you guys connecting with the Central Mississippi Turtle Rescue for a particularly special tur- turtle, Lieutenant Dan, which just he already steals my heart. So how did this connection happen with Lieutenant Dan the Turtle? So Grayson's mother actually uh, is a volunteer for Central Mississippi Turtle Rescue, and we have a mutual friend named Jen that actually is fostering Lieutenant Dan. And Lieutenant Dan has been dragging his shell because of his amputation of his back two legs after he was hit by a car, I believe. And um, they needed a way to get him up off of his stomach so that he could get out and explore outside. He does really good in his own enclosure, but they wanted him to be able to have a little bit more quality of life and be able to get around outside. So Carrie, Grayson's mother, contacted us to see if we could build him some sort of device to help him get around. And so we took on the challenge because part of FIRST is making an impact in your community. There's uh, core values that FIRST has. And that is one of the big ones. And so we said, yeah, let's do it. They're all animal lovers. Uh, this is a great way to give back to our community and to help an animal. And let's just go for it. How many prototypes did you guys go through before you landed on one that would work for Lieutenant Dan the Turtle? So we had three different builds. We were here for about two hours that night. Um, we started off with a more complex, much more complex build that had four wheels and a hage feature that went over the top of him. Um, we thought that that would be the best way to go, but then we actually tried it on him and he wasn't able to turn the way that you would want him to. So we took it back, scaled it back a little bit, uh, made it a little smaller. The second one worked okay, but then they decided as a team that it would be better to just go simple. Um, so we went down to just a base plate bot to go across his uh, abdomen area or his lower shell area. And uh, some larger off-road tires is what we kept calling them so that he could get around outside. And um, yeah, that seemed to work the best. What was it like when you got to see Lieutenant Dan be able to crawl around outside for the first time, sort of elevated in the way, you know, his little shell should be off the ground? So we haven't got to see him crawl around outside yet, but we did get to see him crawl around the library here where we meet. And it was really cool. It was a cool experience to see him actually being able to turn because the first few builds, he was just going straight, but they were a little too heavy for him to turn. But then once he got a hold of that last one, even like right off the bat, he was he was taking off pretty quickly, right? Yeah, it looked like an old turtle car. Turtle, little turtle car, yeah. <laughs> so all the kids probably now are big fans of Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan must be the most uh, cool, or the coolest turtle in South Haven. Obviously, he's got Lego legs. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's become a little celebrity around here. <laughs> so what uh, what's the coolest thing you can let each kid speak 
up if they want to. The coolest thing they've built with Legos so far. Um, who would skip first? Phoenix, what's the coolest thing that you've built with a Lego? Or with Legos? I didn't buy my shelf. No. Thing. It's up to you. Um, the Lego basic robot. Wait. The Lego. The spike, the spike prime robot. Oh, the basic spike prime, prime robot. That was cool. What about you, River? Yeah. Um, well, I got this Lego set for Christmas that was called the Mighty Bowser, and that was by far the coolest thing I've ever built. It was huge <laughs> to bring a, a Lego kit. And what about you, Grayson? Probably one of the Lego Mario sets. Lego Mario? And it does have turtles in it. Awesome. And that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, my the Bowser is a huge turtle monster kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, Brooke, you give all the parents listening who have stepped on their Legos throughout the night or maybe have Legos scattered all over their house or know that their kids are interested in it, inspiration that maybe, you know, it can be, you know, funneled or fueled into something else uh, really cool and special, which is having the opportunity to compete with it or having the opportunity to continue to build cool things for the community. Where can folks learn more about what your team does and if they want to sort of start one, you know, in their own community? Sure. So firstinspires.org is the main homepage for First Lego League. Um, They have it for different age groups. Our particular one is First Lego League Challenge. That's geared towards 9 to 14-year-olds. It's a global thing. They're all all over the world. Um, And a lot of areas already have teams, but starting your own is cool. They're very... uh, very, very supportive. You find different mentors in your area that will give you a bunch of information to get one going. For us, we're all homeschoolers. So a lot of the First Lego League teams are in public schools. Some of them already have them. Um, but it's a little harder for uh, homeschoolers to find one. So we just wanted to get one going. And that's uh, the best website you can find for it. For our team in particular, uh, there is the Mississippi First Lego League Facebook page that some of our information is on. All righty. Well, I think that is super cool. Hey, you guys did a wonderful job helping Lieutenant Dan. I know how many is on your team? There's three of you here today on Good Things, but how many came together to help Lieutenant Dan? We have six total, six total teammates. There was a seventh, but <laughs> he didn't make it to do the, the turtle thing. No. That's okay. And does your robot have a name? Does your collective robot have, an, have a name that you compete with? <laughs> His name was originally Eagle, but then they they renamed him to Murder Mantis at the competition because he kept getting stuck. His arms kept getting stuck up, and it was going like this. And so one of our teammates named him that, and we all thought it was hilarious and just went with it. And went with it. I love that. I love the story. Thank you all. Thank you, River. Thank you, Phoenix. Thank you, Grayson. Thank you, Brooke, for joining us today on Good Things and for helping Lieutenant Dan. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget you can watch us with your own computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if by chance you missed that wonderful conversation we had with Brooke, who was the head coach for the Bots of Prey, which I love that, which ended up being the murderous mantis or whatever. Murder mantis. Murder mantis, whatever they called it. And if you're like, what are you talking about? Then you just need to go over to Supertalk's YouTube page and hit the subscribe button. And then when the video pops up later on today, you'll be able to rewatch that interview. Um, But if you did miss, that these wonderful kids use their talents and love of Legos to create a way for Lieutenant Dan, the three-legged turtle, uh, as a means to for transportation so he can get a shell up off the ground. And this story is near and dear to my heart because I had a three-legged turtle growing up named Sam that my dad actually removed its leg on accident while weed-eating around the pond and brought him or she in. And I had that turtle from the time I was probably six or seven until Daddy said, you're going off to Southern Miss. I'm not cleaning out the tank by myself. We're going to have to set Sam Jr. or Sam off into the sunset, uh, you know, to live out their days that way. But it never crossed my mind that I could have innovated Sam, I guess, an additional leg to get up and get going with, which my three-legged turtle was a snapping turtle. So in in his cage, he loved the water and to get up. It wasn't like a box turtle that primarily, I guess, scoots around on the ground. It would need all of its legs. But the connector piece to this story, if you're wondering how a Lego league gets with a three-legged turtle is the central mississippi turtle rescue and that part kind of got left out and if you don't know what they do they do really incredible work statewide rescuing turtles that may get ran over or get lost or maybe got taken as a pet and then no longer necessarily has a home for and they do wonderful work trying to rehabilitate and return wild turtles back to their natural environments. I need to get her in and sort of catch up with her and for her to share your story of how she found her way sort of uh, unexpectedly creating the the turtle rescue and what need there actually is in Mississippi. But all that to say, if that interests you at all, if you're into turtles or even have thought about fostering really interesting, cool turtles, they need all the help they can get. And they've got a Facebook page as well, Central Mississippi uh, Turtle Rescue. And if you remember, too, back here on Good Things, it was, I think, somewhere around Central Mississippi, a big turtle was found. Oh, what do you call those? Like really big, slow walking. Well, they're all slow walking. I haven't found a fast turtle. But <laughs> at seven less ones swimming, kind of got loose, and they were the ones that were called to come in to come and rescue it. And was it a big alligator of, snapping turtle? I think. Yeah, I think I can't remember. Those are the ones that I remember gro- growing up and going to elementary school, and you have the person show up with the giant anaconda and a cooler and the big. Alligator snapping turtle that's as old. It, it it lived during the Civil War, and now you can see it crawl around in front of you in the gymnasium. Probably. But you would be surprised what people choose to have as pets, particularly that probably shouldn't be pets, but they 
think that they need them. I mean, and Tiger King was a whole series on Netflix. Exactly. Except I don't know if anyone's ever died death by turtle. I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure it's probably there's a headline somewhere. But I would I'm going to guess if you choose an exotic turtle to live in your backyard, your life expectancy is probably a wee bit longer than if you chose an exotic tiger or two to live in your backyard or anaconda or whatever else weird people choose to put in their backyards. <laughs> I'm sorry if you want a tiger in your backyard. We have there. We need to talk. We need to we need to figure out where you need extracurricular activities in your life beyond wild and dangerous animals. But they get out and then they wander and then people have to find them. And so it creates um, interesting stories. And so anyway, I think it, they're a really cool organization. We've said it here many a times on good things. Nobody dislikes turtles. You may not like snapping turtles necessarily eating your fish or whatever it may be, but nobody's just ever been like mad at a turtle as you just not usually no. not usually right like it's i don't know we all feel a little compassion towards them for for some reason maybe it's because they're inherently at a disadvantage in terms of speed i don't know but i think the only time you'd ever get upset with a turtle is if you were behind one in line somewhere true or if that'd you're be a very rare instance if you are a compassionate human being and there is one trying to cross the road and you're waiting for it to do its to do its due diligence which i learned from the turtle rescue uh, that you should always if you're going to move them you move them in the direction that they were going they are very smart and they're going towards whatever habitat they need they need to go and you don't ever put a turtle in water if you even if you because you may they may not belong there you can put them by water and then they will figure that out for themselves they're smart little creatures they and they like to habitat in their own little surroundings so when you pick them up and you move them and then they are like kind of lost they kind of like their radius of it's like dropping a, a twig on a line of ants they just look at it like <gasps> what is this that kind of sounds fun. Is that morbid? A little bit. <laughs> Not to kill the ants, just you know, like wow, because they're you know they're marching. That was in one of those. An- I, I get them confused. Ants' life and is, no, it's ants and a bug's life, right? Yes, a bug's the, life. The two though. animated movies based on ants that came out about the same time that are not the same movie. Yes, but there was a joke in one of those where the worker ants are all in the line toting their stuff. And something falls, and he just loses it because he had now lost his train. It is well, and then you go back to think about Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, when they do went down to like the size of an ant, and we forget how big and probably scary we look to a lot of. I animals. haven't thought about that movie in forever. Honey, I Shrunk. Oh yeah. When you go back to, I just remember the whole at Disney they used to have. I don't even know if they have it anymore. That's how many years it's been since I've been there. But a whole thing where you got to walk through and you were the size of the ant and all the things. And if you really think about it, you know, talking about turtles too. Like we look really scary, and they don't understand English. No matter how slow you talk to a turtle and tell him that it's okay, I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> they don't know that. It's not. It's not. Um, going through to them, but it would. Although, then uh, this is when I get off into pseudoscience. Even though I believe firmly in science itself, 
I don't think science has quite quantified something that exists in nature. Because I'm convinced, whether it be the pheromones we give off and we just haven't fully understood them or there's something deeper, but animals can understand intent. I do believe Like, that. if you have a honeybee that's on your porch and you want it to go away, you can just kind of stand there and motion for it to move, and it will get out. I've had it. I've done it several times. I've done it with wasps, red wasps, who are notorious for being angry little jokers. Well, you, you are right. They kind of just know. Like, most just don't come out and get you for no reason. Right. Except for maybe yellow jackets. But even then... You stirred something, right? Like you, they thought you were coming towards it. I mean, it's still going to look at you as a big, scary, unknown creature because they're not familiar with humans. But but take a bear. A bear don't really carry your intent. You right? It's bit, it's bigger than you. It's and bigger scarier than, than, you than you. Yes, and so it's it. <laughs> this logic does not work with bears or probably tigers. In that case, but well, I'm thinking more things. of animals that you're bigger than that, that you would be intimidating to or scary to. <laughs> Melman Clayton says, if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you can be very sure that it had some kind of help getting there. That's true. But on the Central Mississippi Turtle Rescue's website, they've got some myths and facts. And if you do believe that turtles will eat all the fish in your pond, which I know many of you choose to keep turtle population under control because of that they say that is false the fact is the turtles will eat all the six slow diseased and dying fish in your pond and if you think about it fish swim much faster than turtles so if the fish is swimming slow enough for a turtle to make its supper the fish probably wasn't doing your pond a whole lot of good in terms of procreating the flock is it a flock of fish? School. School of fish. Flocks of birds. <laughs> what do you call a family of turtles? Is there a name for it? Do they do they live in? Not for some reason, I've got the two words squad and pod stuck in my head, but I don't think either one of those are correct. I know they are territorial, and obviously they hatch and they go their way. I'd have never got that one. A group of turtles is called a bale. Oh. I thought you were telling me a group of turtles is called a group of turtles. A bale? How do you spell it? B-A-L-E. B-A-L-E. Like a bale of cotton or a bale of hay. It's a bale of turtles. Bale of turtles. Wasn't that a bale of fun? All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. I'm not worried. I'm happy. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And on Friday, you got the boys from Sports Talk Mississippi. They're going to be at the Sports Book at Timeout Lounge at Pearl River Resort. They'll get you ready for the big basketball tournament. It's March, y'all. March Madness is headed this way. Are we in the midst of it? Which one is it? Is it coming? It all starts tonight. It all starts tonight. Look at me. I'm early, late, all at the same time. <laughs> I'm early to the party. I'm late to the party and everything in between when it comes to basketball. Don't forget, you can get in on the action anytime at Sportsbook at Time Out Lounge. Now, if you're a runner and you're really into running or crazy running, you may be into the fact that one of the hardest, craziest marathons is about to kick off or it just kicked off. I know we just had the Mississippi Blues Marathon ran, I think, a couple of weekends ago. It was the hottest it had ever been. It usually was super cold back whenever it was in the beginning of January. But this one is actually in Tennessee, and it's called the Barkley Marathon. And it's really a bunch of marathons. It's 100 miles, and it's considered one of the most challenging endurance races on the planet because it is purposely disorganized. They don't put up any aid stations, and it's through the hills and the I guess the brush of Tennessee and no aid stations. There's no clear I think trail. I heard about this. Oh, like it's, you, it's crazy. You have to send in a letter to a, like one dude. And he, if you look at him, we all have an uncle just like him. Like he looks like a like There's not a website. There's not uncle, a phone number. Uh-huh. You, you send in, I don't even think it's a letter. I think it's like a postcard with your information on it. Mm-hmm. And it's not cleared. It's not marked. And so you're making these loops these 20 mile loops just hoping that you're doing it right and to do it you have to find 9 to 11 books it varies each race and then you have to tear out a page from each to say that you made the loop that you sort of did it correctly and basically folks just drop out like flies go mad and all kinds of nonsense that they subject themselves to via self-induced madness by a looks like Barkley. It does feel a little bit like self-flagellation. I would love an interview with Mr. Barkley. Number one, he really does look like he could be one of your uncles or cousins from, from, you know, the Mississippi uh, (laughs) um, brush. How did you come up with this? What, what was it about the traditional endurance race setup that just, rubbed you the wrong way and you thought if they want a hard race I'll give them one is pretty much how that went down and then opened up your wonderful land and said just get out there and run in circles and let's the best man or woman I guess um, I guess wins but the whole running community is very enthralled with this at the moment of course they've got it's streaming and you're all into it and it's one of those things where it's a it's a Badge of honor, I guess, if you get in and sort of go. It's the exclusive, exclusive, yeah, the exclusivity and the the origin of it. If I'm not mistaken, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, there's only got to be one. It all started off with kind of a wait, he did that. I could totally do better than that because it was something like a jailbreak where somebody hid out in the woods and managed to make it like 15 miles in the woods, and the guy was like, Mm -hmm. 15? Oh, I could do 100. And then it just snowballed from there. It is interesting how humans 
continue to want to push the limits in areas that doesn't feel like it's necessarily needed to like further the human <laughs> race into any great direction one way or the other. I put this in the same category as people who take their feet off the ground and cr- climb up mountains without any sort of safety harness or nets just with chalk in their toes. I find it why like you left a perfectly good flat area to climb up a perfectly unstable thing. And then even going to like the ice climbing where they take the little claw, the mantis oh, yeah, and picks. the picks. And so basically you wait for it to rain and then freeze. And it's the rush of will it hold or will it not hold? And you're sort of climbing up a big icicle. I think. And some of those folks, they look like they're running up a mountain, but they're using their arms in those picks. Correct. It's crazy. And they are. They're really big. I mean, they make, you know, really whatever you call it. And then you've got those um, slack liners. Oh, yeah. It's like walking on. If you've ever, like, winched something down on the back of your truck and you've got, like, the, what, two to three inch line. Toe strap. Yeah. And so it's not like a bungee cord and it's not a tight rope it's got a little slack to it now some of them will actually you know click themselves to the actual slack because you know safety first and walk across these incredible places i mean i'm sure it's exhilarating and it's a wonderful experience and yeah but i can't fathom my mind just subjecting myself and there's that whole sort of um races where it's you is it spartan or is it tough mutters it's one of them like you know like you sign away you know going into it you're going to get shocked and like electrocuted to, to some capacity in water going through muddy terrain and over all of the things like like you like you're doing that you're not getting like you sign up for that you're volunteering for this <laughs> I mean, I've volunteered for some crazy things, but never to just get electrocuted on purpose for a T-shirt and a cold beer. I mean, I'll do a lot for a T-shirt and a cold beer, but I'm not sure if it's going to involve frostbite, electricity, barbed wire, any of the other any of the other things. And then there's the what is it? The hundred mile Saharan Saharan where it's in the desert. It's it's very similar to what they're doing in in the um, hills of Tennessee where it's disorganized, but it's because you can't focus like in the desert. You're you only have like you have maps, I think. But what good does that do? And Is that the crazy one they do in Death Valley every year? Yes, maybe. Or it's like an ultra marathon. Yes, it's a hundred miles, but they're not running really. They're more like walking, and their lips start to jump really well, like really whatever. Yeah, and their shoes melt because it's Death Valley. I mean, maybe I'm not trying to get the most out of life. Maybe they know something that we don't necessarily are tapped into. I'm sure it's exhilarating to to have that completion. But you got to, I mean, there's a limit there somewhere, right? Yeah, you can only chase the runner's high for so long before your body goes, stop it. But it's cool to watch. And kudos to Mr. Berkeley who said, hey... If you build it, 
Will they come? We've got the great couple here out of Mississippi, though, that is gaining a lot of attention, creating the Death by 5Ks, um, who is doing uh, Jeremy Jungling and his wife are taking that all over the United States. It was started right here. It's the idea of you got 24 hours to run. How many is it? What's three in a 24? Eight, eight 5Ks. And so every three hours they start a new 5K. And so however long it takes you to run it, you've got the rest to rest it. And so it sounds fine, right? Because you get 45 minutes if you walk it. No big deal. You got, what, another couple hours to, to rest. But it's once you start getting fatigued and sort of sets in and then you get stoved up. And then that's when you have to have the mental capacity to, pick to push your, through, to push through, to pick yourself back up, and to sort of keep going, and that's where it gets real, as they would say. Like eight five Ks doesn't sound like a lot, which is like twenty what twenty four miles in twenty four hours. But when you have, when you're forced to stop, when you're forced to do, well, no, eight five Ks is forty kilometers. Yeah, well, at three at five K is three point what two miles. Yeah. So math is hard. Eight times three is 24. 24. I was right. Eight times point two. (laughs) So we're like 25. I'm trying to do it. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Twenty-five point six. Am I doing it right? I think it'd be 20. Yeah, it'd be 25.6. Yes! Genius! <laughs> I only used both hands. <laughs> That's how they taught me in Hines County. Two, four, six, eight. We got there, though. I don't think it matters how you get to the right answer as long as you make it to your destination. And maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm as crazy as they are. It doesn't matter how you get to the finish line as long as you get there safely i think if you get to the finish line of that one you don't really care what the number is you're just done which one all of them well yeah any of the ultra marathons you're not really worried about a number you're just worried about getting done i ran two marathons in my lifetime and it took me a really long time to get there i ran many halves and there were so many times i crossed that line and said there's no way i'm turning around and going back and having ran two marathons there's no way i'd get it to the end and turn around and go i think i want to go back Absolutely not. It's crazy. 100 miles? No. No, thank you. All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. Every time you hold me, the less that I cry. And every time you leave me, the quicker these tears dry. And every time you walk out, the less I love you. Baby, we don't stand a chance. It's sad, but it's true. I'm way too good at Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also watch us on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And don't forget, too, to register for country music superstar Morgan Wallen as he's coming to Oxford. That's April the 23rd. You can hit up the registration places like Tack of the Town in Hazelhurst, uh, Coburn's AC in Meridian, at Exhaust Pro in Macomb, and there's a many more. So if you're looking for a spot in your area, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen, and you'll see a full list of registration locations. It is April 23rd at Vault Hemingway Stadium, and the tickets are brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Ray in Long Beach said he once read an article about a runner who was called the Iron Man. He ran 110 from his home mile to run a marathon, 26 miles, and ran back home when he finished the marathon. And we had the lovely lady from Corinth, Mississippi. Her name is Slippy Me, who uh, started out small and ended up running a 100-miler, and she still runs often, and that is her ministry, not to detract from anyone who likes and enjoys those things. I find it nuts when you want to go to the next level. It's not just running for a 100. It's things like the Berkeley. It's like... Let's see how crazy of scenario we can just thrust ourselves into and actually pay a fee for it to come out on the other end alive. Granted, there are worse things to <laughs> spend your, you know, pastime doing or involved in. I just personally, like, don't understand. Like, I, I couldn't subject myself to some of that crazy just for again a beer and a t-shirt it does feel very niche because i did a little digging and i found a couple of the more weird and wacky traditions for the the barkley marathons you're doing a hundred mile race the time limit for a hundred miles is 60 hours that's almost three days right so you, you have that amount of time to finish five loops which is 20 miles if you do them correctly, but you likely won't because there's no trail marks, no whatever. So unless you – that would be like if you've got land, you know your land. But if you send out a stranger onto your land and say just run the – you know, and there's no fence post, just run a lap and come back, chances of knowing the landmarks slim to none. And I was wrong. It's not you send an application or send in a postcard. No, you have to write an essay. At Basically explaining why you should be allowed to run. You have to pay a dollar sixty application fee. You have to, if it's your first time running, you have to bring a license plate from your state or and or county to provide, or country, excuse me, not county, to provide as memorabilia for the race. The race doesn't have a set start time. It's just sometime from midnight to noon on the first day. You'll know you have an hour before race start when they blow the conch shell, like in Lord of the Flies. And the race doesn't have a, a gun to start off with. No, the race begins when the race director lights his cigarette. I swear Mr. Barkley just sat down and said, what obnoxious things can I put on paper and then charge a fee for and see if they'll come and give it a whirl? And folks do it. Folks are looking for that next adventure or experience again worse things to spend your money and time on i'm not i'm not i guess i am knocking you but i just don't understand like, it won't be me you won't be fighting my registration for that for a slut that's all i'm saying before they landed on bringing a 
a license plate from your locale. They had a wide variety of what they called donations that were required before you could of course become an entrant. <clears throat> Anything from a flannel shirt, a single sock, a white shirt, or a pack of camel cigarettes. To start the race. You got to love him for, and then for it to catch on, he probably was like, what is this? They're actually coming and sort of doing this. It's limited to 40 people. Yeah. And he passed away, the, the creator of it, correct? Yes. Uh, Mr. Barkley did pass away at the age of 70 in 2019. I'm, okay. So we need to rival that here in Mississippi. If you've got, what, at least a 20-mile loop of land looking for... <laughs> Putting some strangers up to some some fun, we could definitely come up with. The only thing I can think of is um, Big Butts that is ran. It's a hundred miler. It can be a hundred miler. I don't know. I think it's a five mile loop though, and maybe only it's a fifty miler. And it happens in the dead of summer here in central Mississippi. It's one of the crazier things I can think of in our state. But I can't think of anything else in our state. The Spartans have come and gone. I don't know if we've ever had a tough mutter. In our state to come and set up, but in terms of our state having like a really redunculous challenge like that, besides the death by five case with which the junglings are taking on the road. So I don't know. Looks like there's a market for it. But what's the registration fee? $1.60. So times 40, you're really not making a whole lot of money. It's just, maybe that's part of it. It's just for the... It seems all a bit superfluous. It's a really big word to end the day on. But there you go. Mr. Barkley would probably appreciate it. Stick with us. we got more for you up next. you got Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.